And we're back for another episode of Startup Hustle, a podcast for entrepreneurs by entrepreneurs. If you want to start, own, or build a business, then you're in the right place. We bring you the real truth about what it's like to take something from concept to launch. From growth, innovation, experience, failing, or winning big, we've got you covered. So let's get down to business with another episode of Startup Hustle, brought to you by Fullscale.io. What's up, hustlers? Welcome back. This is Andrew Morgan's founder of Marknology, here as today's host of Startup Hustle, covering all things e-commerce, Amazon, software, entrepreneurial stuff, you name it. We're going to get into it all today. I'm super excited about today's guest. This is one I made special space for uh, because I'm just ready, regardless of time, we're just going get, to get into not only um, the company that he's representing, but even his origin story. We're going to have a lot of fun. Before we jump in, shout out to our sponsor for today's episode, Fullscale.io, helping you build software teams quickly and affordably. Justin Cobb, founder of Carbon6. Welcome to the show. Thanks, Andrew. Excited to be here. Yeah, I'm glad we got to warm up a little before the show. You know, we've we've had about um, we were both at Prosper together, but I think it was a little late and we were we were a little bit tipsy. So that was a fun uh, night. Yeah, that was a great night. Um, a big part of the industry and community and what we're going to be talking about, you know, even today. But um, super excited to have you on. You're calling in from Puerto Rico. I can see the palm trees behind you. That's part of the story, too. But I love getting the show started, just getting to know more about your entrepreneurial journey specifically, uh, you know, let's back up way before carbon six or as as far back as you want to go. Um, you know, what's your first entrepreneurial memory or did you always know you're going to be an entrepreneur? So the first entrepreneurial moment that I had was selling blueberries when I was like eight years old. So we had a bunch of blueberry bushes in the, in the neighborhood, in the, in the, in the yard. I grew up in Connecticut. And uh, my brother and I, he was 12 at the time, had this idea. We were going to pick the blueberries and put a little stand out in front of the yard. And there was a pretty busy road and we were going to make a sign. And so we picked a bunch of blueberries and I came home with my mother the next day from shopping. And uh, we drove in and my brother was sitting there. And I love my brother. He's definitely not a, uh, uh, he's sitting there. He's got, a, he's got a, a, a table, a little piece of paper that says, you know, blueberries, $1.25 a pint, as if someone was going to drive by going 40 miles per hour, like see it and stuff. Right. Um, So I go in and we get a a wood sign and we spray paint on it. And I still have it. It says pints, 125, quarts, 250, I think it was. And then I was this little kid. I was, you know, really small. I was eight, which is young, but I was very small, eight-year-old. And so I go out and and I'd, I'd I'd like run backwards along the uh the front of my of the stone wall sometimes like fall over on purpose or whatever but do whatever we could do to, to get people's attention and we made like 60 bucks like the first yeah day, you know and uh and then i had a break from being an entrepreneur and i tried a bunch of different jobs and i found that i was very bad at, at working for somebody else um re- really bad uh i think i probably had 55 different jobs on the shoreline holy moly never for longer than three and a half weeks um, lots of like waiting tables and, and busing, a lot of restaurant stuff, but also some manual labor and a bunch of different things. Um, and, uh, and then I, I went to college and, and cause that's what you do and graduated a degree in psychology from a school in new Orleans. And I was okay. set to go to law school and, uh, and I was playing music. That's, that's what I really wanted to do. And my, my parents really wanted me to go to law school. And so me and my buddies, we were traveling all around and we would do all sorts of stuff like 
you know, buy cigarettes in Kansas for $2 and then sell them outside a concert in yep. California for like seven. You can get a lot of money for a pack of cigarettes at the end of a long, long festival day. Um, okay. I have, I have one for you here. Hold please. On just a second. Please. Uh, Cause we talked about our, I think it's so interesting. Just like the paths that like entrepreneurs or founders take like to get, to get to where they're at. And I haven't counted up all my jobs, but I've always thought like, I know I have a ton, like from warehouse work to bartending to everything. I want to know because I'm like 55 is sounds like a lot, but I would think I'm somewhere like 20 something, you know? Um, but this part about selling stuff while on tour, like to make money while you're playing music. So I toured yeah. for four and a half years, um, playing metal and we would buy the guys in the guys in the band would buy like broken instruments at one stop, like off Craigslist, fix them on the road in the van or whatever at like the downtime and then sell them in the next town. That was our little hustle. Was, I like uh, it. I yeah, like we it. would just buy broken instruments that people are getting rid of or free stuff. And the guys were all just like, they figured out how to be techies and roadies and stuff. And it was the, mainly the instruments that were paying our way uh, to play music. Okay, so. Yeah, yeah we, we did cigarettes, like we'd, or we'd get like white t-shirts and screen print Bob Marley's face on them and they would cost us $3 and we'd sell them for 15 I mean, a lot of it was going to concerts too. I was always really, always been really into, I probably still go to like 40, 50 concerts a year. Yeah. Um, live music is kind of my thing. So, so. We're, we're driving. I went to three this week. I went to three this week. It just happened to be. It's uh, amazing. Intervals, intervals, metal. Intervals was met, a metal show and animals as leaders. Then I went to uh, uh, Charlie Crockett, which is cool. real country. Yeah. Um, yeah. And I think that was it. Actually, I think there's two. And then I'm going to one this week. So there, see, there's uh, two. The country, the country singer Eric Church canceled his show the other day to see the to go to the UNC oh Duke game. Oh, my God. I honestly, like, don't even know <laughs> how I wild. feel about that because I'm just like, either. for so many things, I see him as, like, as a founder that gets overwhelmed. Sometimes you just want to be like, F it. Like, I'm out. I'm doing my thing. Whatever responsibility was, I need a break. You know, I don't. Something. And uh, I don't have to do this. And then on the other side, as a fan, you know, where that's had maybe my biggest artist or whatever be a dick to me or something. And it just kind of ruins it for me. Think about all those Eric Church fans. They were like, you really would rather watch other people play than like, you know, your fans have paid money to be here. So I'm conflicted. Yeah, I, re I read a, there was a couple that had bought uh, tickets from Alaska to go to the show. Wow. And like Airbnb and da, 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 da. But it is what it is. Um, is what it is. Hope, hopefully he takes care of them because that's, you know, whoever was there gets their money and everything. But okay, so shows, I have a massive list. I'm going to share it with you just because so this is, this, so this is, I love it. This is 2002. And okay. so the we're driving like a Volkswagen bus around and it breaks down. Uh, we're back in New Hampshire, which was kind of like our home base at the time. Um, graduated college in New Orleans. My dad flew down. We kind of like hiked the Appalachian Trail, basically like walked halfway back to Connecticut. Um, no, we do. New Hampshire and we were going, we we're going all over the place. And uh, so we needed money for a new engine. And so mm -hmm. I think it was $531 a piece that we needed. And uh, uh, took a job waiting tables, lasted like a couple shifts. I, I the manager upset me or something. I didn't have a great attitude about uh, criticism back then um, as I look back on it. And uh, took a job in, in Boston, like got a Boston Herald. He used to look for, for jobs in the newspaper. I'm dating mm -hmm. myself. And uh, went down and ended up taking a job selling coupons door to door for like Blockbuster Video, Domino's Pizza, local restaurants and golf courses in the winter in Boston. So like started on November 4th, it gets dark at like three o'clock. Um, Boston people are tough. You know, it's like there's a reason yeah. why there's a disproportionately high amount of uh, 
stand-up comedians that are from Boston, right? Like they'll boo Tom Brady, um, you know, fourth quarter of the Super Bowl if he throws an incomplete pass when they're up by 20 points. That's just kind of the way that they are. Um, Literally, that's the truth because I got picked up. I went to Babson for this like a Goldman Sachs business accelerator with Marknology yep. a couple years back. And it was like, dude picks me up in a black car from the airport. I, I mean, that was a first for me. I was like, this is awesome. He has a sign with my name on it. And he was like, literally like as a Chiefs fan, we look at Tom Brady and we're like, oh my God, every reporter loves him. And like, you know, everyone, like he's beat us a bunch of times, like all this kind of stuff. We run people's fancy whether they're there. This driver is like just blasting Tom Brady. Like, hey, we don't want him. Get rid of him. Like he had just won or something, you know? And they're just like, he's like, we don't want him. I'm like, that's exactly, I was so surprised that like, if you get in a car in Kansas City, people are like, love Pat Mahomes, you know? So. I don't know. You're right. Okay, so you're in Boston. I'm sorry. I'm derailing us a little. I get excited about, about Pat, it. Pat Mahomes' uh, uh, family. Seems oh my love. gosh! I got drama that I can't share on the show. But. <laughs> um, so so I take that job, and originally it was just to make 500 bucks. I make 500 bucks. I call my bandmates. None of them had gotten a job yet, so now I stayed. Uh, I was going to quit that business, but I, I, that job I went back in the next day, and they said, "Oh, what's your goal now?" And I said, "Now I need 1,593 more dollars." Um, so after like you know, four or five weeks, I'd save $2,000. And it was the most money I felt so proud. Um, yeah. And up until that point, like, it just felt different. And uh, I don't, I was almost starting to doubt myself in terms of like my own ambition level and my work ethic. There was things I obsessed over, like I obsessed over the guitar and I wrestled in high school and college, and, like obsessed over that, but I just hadn't found that in something that was going to make me, make me money and make me, you know, productive in that way. Can I like and, on that thing right there, I think there's something big I want to share here is like, when I was a musician, I was raised as a missionary kid money was like not something I needed. It was just a necessity thing to get me to the next place, right? I'm a musician, yep. I'm touring, I'm living with dudes in a van, you know, on the road. Material things just weren't, wasn't a need for me. Um, it was this like relationship with it. So it was like money was always my problem, but I never thought of it as like a need, meaning like I would work my butt off three jobs or whatever to be able to go on tour for six weeks and money was the issue there. And, um, and then you start like, solving that just even a little bit like you know where you save two thousand dollars this thing that's always been an issue for you you see that stress kind of go away that one thing that's been your focus for so long um that confidence that comes with i think even as as a person just like conquering that thing that relationship with that money once i saw that hey i don't i can be good with money or i can manage money or i can save and you can it was good, like a switch can, and, for me and you can do a lot of great things i can help others Right. Yeah, to segue to, to to a little bit of a tangent, but I think it's worth noting. So it's two months before I start in that in that Adoro sales company, I'm uh, and I was a total hippie. So I'm sitting at the table with my dad, and we're talking about Bill Gates and like 19 year old me or 21 year old me or whatever it was, is going, oh, like that guy's not that great, and like computer, like maybe the devil. I've made some crazy like hippie 19 year old you know comment. My dad's like, oh, who do you think is a good person? I said, Mother Teresa. And he said, Mother Teresa is a good person. Who do you think's done more good for the world? And I'm like, Mother Teresa by a mile. What are you talking about? He says, all right, so tomorrow, uh, to go do some research and come back to dinner. Tomorrow night, I'm going to present an argument that Bill Gates has done more uh, uh, good for the world than Mother Teresa. So wow. I, go to, like my dad. I go to the Yale Law School library the next day, which is 15 minutes from me, which is one of the schools that I had been uh, considering going to, and uh, do some research. And I come back, and I was all proud to talk about how many hospitals and how many children saved. And they felt like big numbers. And then I said, and has, and has inspired countless others. And my dad's like, well, how do you count it if it's countless? And I'm like, you know what I mean? And then he, he, he rolls off semantics. Yeah. And then he's like, you know, credited with saving however many hundreds of millions of lives through medication and gave this tens of millions of, 
uh, computers to inner city schools in the States and on and on and on and on and on. Um, and, and after he said, you know, you want to make a difference. Um, there's only a couple of different ways to do it. Either got to have influence or tremendous financial resources. And ideally you have, you, you have both. And that always kind of stuck with me. Um, number one, cause I feel like I got destroyed in an argument that I was somehow uh, confident in going into it as a, as an ignorant kid. But, um, uh, so, so I start in that, in that company and it's something feels different. And the, the idea of the, the business is you, if you do well, you can open up your own company and that's just really motivating. And I see people that are talking big and they have big goals and the guy who's running the office is like 26 and he's making, you know, seven, eight grand a week. And the guy who was his mentor was 28 and he was making 20,000 a week. And it turned out he had wrestled at the same college that I'd wrestled at the same weight class. And like when he came in and gave a speech, um, uh, uh, kind of like a morning meeting before we went out to the field, um, uh, I made that connection. I remember seeing his name like on the wrestling room wall. And so long story short, I was just feeling different about what I was doing. And it was strange because sometimes the medium, like the medium was door-to-door sales, which, you know, I'm talking about in this like romantic, poetic way, but it's the way that it felt at the time. It just, it was just different. What I didn't realize, but I, I quickly realized was I was feeling an entrepreneurial spirit for the first time. Mm. And, and that I had all the motivation in the world, right? And you had um, someone to look up to, right? That was relatable, meaning like the wrestling at the same school and like, yeah, yeah. I'm doing this thing and kind of getting, kind of being successful at it and look at what he did and someone attainable, like something and, attainable. And it, and it just, the pe- people felt they seemed free. So mm. all the, all the fears that I had um, uh, about what I was going to do with my career, like that I can go to a great law school and go out and when will I be free? When will I feel free? When will I feel like I can do what I want to do? And the answer for many people is never. You know, it's, yep. it's never. And there was this one day that I'll never forget. I was, uh, we were selling uh, like these coupons. We call them VIP cards, but they were like laminated, pretty looking coupons for dependable dry cleaners. It's a dry cleaner in the US and we're going business to business and I'm in this law firm. And, uh, and I was a little bit embarrassed about what I was doing. Um, it's not the Cause you, cause you want to be a lawyer. Yeah. So. Especially around him. So I was like, just, so you know, like I'm probably going to Yale law school next year, blah, 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 blah. I'm just doing this for like a summer job. And he's like, well, why do you want to, it wasn't even the summer, like it was the winter. And he's like, well, why do you, why do you want to go to law school? I'm like, cause I want to be like you. And I was like, aren't you happy? And, and he, and he looked at me and he's like, pays well. Mm. And I was like, Ooh, Ah, and at that moment, I realized like I was making a hundred dollars a day commission only selling coupons in the winter in Boston and was substantially happier and meant more mentally free than he was. And he was a name partner on Newberry Street in, you know, one of the That's top law firms in Boston. And that that made a huge impression. So um, let's pause there for a second, just a second, because yeah. I think uh, I can't I don't always have the best memory about everything. Um, but I can specifically remember as someone didn't document my whole journey and, you know, I've been in the Amazon, like helping brands on Amazon 11 years in that space. I can't remember everything. I can remember these like moments where, um, one of them was I went to rally house. I was an e-commerce manager. And at first I was just trying to be the best e-commerce manager. Like, you know, what's the top end of an e-commerce manager? I went to school for computer science and I looked online at that time. This is probably like 2000, uh, 10, 11, okay. uh, the top end of an e-commerce manager was like a hundred thousand in New York or something like that. Right. I'm in Kansas city making like 42 or something. And, uh, so I'm like, okay, there's some, you know, 16, a hundred thousand Kansas city goes a long way or used sure. to at least. Um, sure. and so I'm like, okay, that was my path. I didn't see entrepreneurship. 
And I started interviewing. I interviewed at a company called Riley House, uh, which is like sports gear and stuff here. They're kind of really big. And, you know, so I'd have been working all day with sports and like, okay, watching games and shooting out emails and promotions for the winners of this thing and this thing. And I'm like, that doesn't sound so bad. And they're offering me 70K, which compared to 42 was like, okay, this will be a big deal. My parents will be proud, you know? And uh, the other, I'm always trying to prove myself to everyone. Like, that's my struggle, you know? Uh, and I don't need to. You know, but that's like my. Do you think it's a good thing or a bad thing? I mean, everything's probably both. But do you think? I just wish it was like proving it to myself more so, like what I'm capable of, than it is like ever outwardly. You know, I would that would be more pure to me. But the other one was um, locked in. I don't know if you've heard of locked in. They're a financial firm, very prestigious. If you work there around here, you're like, you know, that's a great resume move. And I went in there, and everyone was in these like suits and like. I mean, like if you're at a date and you tell a girl you work at Locked In, like that's a thing, you know? And so like that's a prestigious thing as someone that's family didn't even go to school or like have degrees or things like that to I work at Locked In, like that would have been a badge, you know? And uh, I was proud of my, honestly, one of the moments I'm proud of myself because I just left there. I, I remember flipping it on her when she was like offering me kind of the job. And I was just like, I'm, I think I'm interviewing you because like it's like super quiet in here. And I'm like, everyone looks like they're in a tie. And, you know, when you're in IT and e-commerce, like you don't have to be that way. And so yeah. I'm like, what, what is, no one looks happy in here. There's no vibes in here. There's no energy in here. And um, I stayed with my $42,000 a year job and I built Marknology instead of taking those two jobs, which, uh, you Great know, that was a, yeah, thank you. Like in hindsight, it was. You might've gotten caught, right? I walked into that law firm is essentially how I felt. And I saw, I saw some people maybe that were like where I wanted to be uh that company or that position and i'm just like you guys are not having a great time <laughs> and I, in uh, general that's just great advice for someone trying to figure out what they want to do with their life project where you could be 10 years from now 15 years from now 20 years from now take them to coffee or five like, years from now go interview them people like all and the just time start out with like are you that. happy just start out with are you happy yep I know when people are happy or not, because if they're happy with what they do, they talk about it. Totally. So, um, but I, I just like, I love sharing this because there's anyone that's listening is just like, these are things that we all have in common. It doesn't matter what we're doing, how we're doing it. Like, you know, how'd you get there? How'd you get successful? People ask me like, oh my God, how'd you get into this? Like, well, I had a light bulb moment that I was like, I, I'm chasing money. That's why I'm on this interview. And I've like, you know, worked it out with my boss to get out and get the free time. But at the same time, I'm like, I'm not sacrificing money for happiness for a short-term game that's just like not what i'm that what that was a moment and there's these light bulb moments that if you pay attention you know are there the other one was traffic fuck traffic so before saying realized i wasn't a great employee had this energy being an entrepreneur learned that like the rocket fuel for me at least was and i know we spoke about this and we share this in common um you know in the past conversation was teaching someone how to have that freedom teaching mm. someone how to not need to continue running on the hamster wheel, teaching someone how to work for themselves, to learn a, a set of skills, which whether it's leadership, it's SEO, it's e-commerce, it's in whatever medium it is. Mindset. Um, yeah. And there's a certain type of person that's built a certain type of way that's looking for that. And, uh, you know, I think that, uh, that that's the best feeling I've found, you know? Um, yeah, it's, 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 it's an incredible, it's an incredible feeling. And that's really what, 
a lot of our purposes, which we'll get into later, I'm sure, you know, at, at Carbon Sixes, is to empower entrepreneurial e-commerce and have people take control of their lives. And like that said in such a hyperbolic way so many times, and I don't mean in like the running ads and like, here's the Lambo and here's like the fake private jet from the set that I rented way, but in a very real, in a very real way where when you can make decisions based on, um, uh, from a position of control, whether that's $200 a day or $2,000 a day or $20,000 a day, everyone's gonna have a different kind of like number and mm -hmm. appetite for work that it, for how far they wanna take that. Um, but I've just found that the single most rewarding thing I've been able to do in my professional life, and now I've been lucky enough to be doing it and being part of people's journeys for 20 years, um, is to give them that, that, that control that in many, in, in, in many cases, they didn't realize that they had, they didn't realize it was an option for them. And not just doing that, you know, here, but doing that, doing that abroad, you know, when we went into Poland and we were able to teach people, uh, in Poland, how to make, you know, really good money and learn really great skills that they weren't otherwise going to learn. That wasn't the most profitable part of me building my direct sales army, but it was in some ways the most rewarding because the 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 lack of options that that and e-commerce has changed that i mean it's really yeah. it's changed that in such a major way it's a very beautiful thing i i have to agree um i'm nobody from nowhere with no real pedigree i mean i have amazing parents and um but as far as like politically or in business or any of those things you know um first get a college degree um e-commerce leveled the playing congratulations that's awesome thank you um, e-commerce leveled the playing field for me. And if we were talking about social content and putting it out and, you know, you're, you're projecting the best of whatever you want people to see, or some people even get popular on negative stuff, you know, so there's, there's both sides of that negative stuff since trend higher, uh, you know, so there's, there's all kinds of stuff there. Um, but for me, that's what my social media has been about. You know, I'm calling it the legacy chapter and my hashtag is watch me work, uh, because for the last eight plus years, I've just been documenting my grind. Uh, you know, and people talk about that grind culture, hustle culture. Sure, you take anything to extreme, it's bad. But, you know, it's just like constantly being on, constantly chasing that freedom. And for me, I was raised like in Africa as a homeschooler, you know, and it was, uh, my parents were there teaching English. They, at that time, I thought it was a great thing that they were doing. They're giving, um, speaking English, you know, in any of those countries gives you a, a much larger chance of being employed and sure. um, all those things. And so they're using Christian curriculum. Uh, I was using the same curriculum they were using, to be honest with you. So if you think I'm smart, like, you know, they're getting good stuff. And uh, that's what my parents were doing. They were just like teaching, um, you know, teaching English over there. They're French missionaries. Well, my day would start like, you know, this isn't like an American day, but in, in Africa, you wake up early because it's hot and the sun's coming in. You can't sleep anymore, really. It's just like hot. And so you get up and uh, I'm speaking in generalities, but bear oh, with yeah. me. Yeah, I mean, there's, you know, there's all different parts of Africa, but yeah. we're, you know, we're, I was in Botswana and Congo, hot, super hot. And uh, you'd get up. I would, you know, uh, not up super crazy no, early to catch no, the bus no at 530. Of course, no air conditioning. No air conditioning Obviously. fans and like, yeah, definitely not during the yeah. day. Blowing around and, the hot air. Exactly. So you're like, you can't be indoors even that long, right? You know, you, so I would, we would wake up, I would go through my, we had five subjects. I, it was like meritocracy in regards to like, get your work done. I had set goals, get your work done, go play. So from a young age, like from like kindergarten up, I had this level of freedom that like, whenever I came back to the U S I didn't have, 
Um, and it wasn't because of wealth. It wasn't because of any of those things that provided freedom for me as a kid. It was like just si simply environment and rules. And so just adjusted really bad here. Um, but I always had this just like desire for freedom. And that's why I was playing music and touring. That's what I was chasing, really create creative freedom and expression and all of those things. That was for me, it was like a lot of a lot of stuff inside of me that like metal music was an outlet. I just threw down. We did create, you know, jump around on stage and let out a lot of energy. And um, it was a, it was like a real transition time for me. But I the financial thing wasn't resolved, like and meaning like it was always a struggle. Come back, work three jobs, be exhausted, like, you know, go back on tour and. I didn't, I realized I didn't have true freedom until I have financial freedom. Um, and so for me, I was settling for like a freedom that's like maybe 70% or whatever, the, you know, whatever you can estimate there. And so the financial part, which e-commerce, bringing it back home, the e-commerce and then Carbon 6, even a tool to help in e-commerce and create, you know, more entrepreneurs or even I'm an agency owner now helping multiple, you know, brands and companies and sellers um, give them the tools to be able to just like excel in the space um e-commerce changed my life so i'm i'm a i'm like a big fan it's it's real with me and, and excelling in the space really means breaking free from a lot of chains that most people are bound by and that's a pretty special thing yeah we're going to get into that before we do shout out again to our sponsor fullscale.io helping you build software teams uh quickly and affordably Okay, let's let's jump into Carbon Six. Sure. We've talked about the origins. Um, well, actually, I think before we do, we just need to, we need to share one more part of the story, okay. and that's where you know you went from Europe and uh, the Leadership Academy and everything you're doing. I know it's like grown and evolved into a whole bunch of things, uh, but we we haven't had this intro into where exactly you and e-commerce met. Sure. Okay. So we're we're living in Atlanta. Uh, lockdown start. Um, there was rioters. We live right down the street from the governor. Um, the governor's place in Atlanta and there's, and it's just kind of a crazy time. I think they, I think there was like a Wendy's that got burned down that day. And my wife looks mm -hmm. at me and she's like, Hey, can we get out of here for, for a couple of weeks or a couple of months? So we got on a plane, we come down to Puerto Rico. We find this amazing neighborhood called Dorado beach. We fall in love with it. We decide we're going to stay here. And, uh, a lot of the leaders in my, uh, in my direct sales business, um, you know, are really ready to take the torch. And they're kind of telling me like, please don't come to the meeting, let us close it. And like, let us do it. And so, I start to have more time than I've had in, in a very long time and, and um, have some money. So I, I start doing a bunch of investment stuff and that's my plan. I'm going to become a great investor. And I, I'm looking at a bunch of different deals and had some, some people are mentoring me there. Realized really quickly that it just doesn't get my juices flowing, that I wanted to operate and build something. What did you start with? Was it just like quickly, was it real estate? Was it like buying other yeah, businesses, so I, franchises? Yeah, like what so, were you looking at? So a, a couple of my co-founders with Carbon6, um, I've had lots of success, like in junior mining and in tech and some other stuff uh, in Canada, abroad. There's um, one of our founders, Sean, just has huge deal flow. Um, you know, one day we're looking at a Bitcoin miner, uh, uh, an NFT project. The next day we're looking at something, you know, revolving around carbon credits. The next day we're looking at uh, like a gold discovery. Okay. The next day we're looking at minerals on the moon. The next day we're looking at something more traditional where it's like, uh, you know, patches that are going to be distributed through a multi-level marketing business that change your mood. So we're looking at five or six different things a day. And, and then all of a sudden, after a couple, um, there was a period of time last January where for two weeks, everything that I ran into was e-commerce. And I didn't know a whole lot about e-commerce. Um, I had met a few people in my neighborhood down here in Puerto Rico. There are about a half dozen people that have exited their Amazon businesses and then uh, several into aggregators and then bought a house in the neighborhood that I live in 
um, right now. So I met a few of them. Then they mentioned they were Amazon sellers. I was like, that's cool. Um, that's interesting. And, and then I, I, I saw a bunch of e-commerce stuff. We saw a couple of deals where they were doing Shopify roll-ups. We saw a deal where they were doing, um, uh, they wanted to roll up Amazon agencies and, and some SaaS as well. Um, a couple of the aggregators, a few of the well, more well-known aggregators um, uh, pitched us and they were raising, you know, some crazy valuation that everyone's gotten accustomed to hearing like these numbers, like they were normal. It wasn't normal to me at the time. It was unlike anything I'd heard. And so I started doing a deep dive, learned about Thrasio, started to understand the space that weekend I was at the pool, saw a couple of those sellers and just started doing a deep dive and asking them a couple of questions saying, you know, how big is your team? And they said, it's me and three or four you know, VAs that are super helpful people that I met on Upwork that live in the Philippines. And I'm like, and that produces three or $4 million a year in sales. Like, how does that work? Like, it was just a, it was unlike any, any story I'd heard and it, it became intoxicating, you know, it was just super interesting. And, uh, and it's interesting to me that like, as someone that's like, it, I'm becoming an I and, you know, like looking into, I also am in real estate and property management and Airbnbs. And I was like, yeah. should I be into dumpsters or what's some passive, like, things that doesn't require a lot of humans involved and like, you know, sure, like, things like that. And then, and, yeah, storage. So you're hearing, you're seeing everything. You're seeing a lot of interesting things. You're like, you've been all over the world. You've seen lots of interesting things. And then you like come across e-commerce and it's got you just like deeper, and, and you're, going I mean, deeper you know, you're going deeper, you're going deeper. And I don't know why at first it's like, you know, when, um, like you hear a word or hear a concept and then all of a sudden you hear it like 15 more times the next week mm -hmm. and you don't really know why that is. And when that's happened to me in my life, there's been certain times where I really felt like I was on the right track. And so it just kind of ended up being, it just ended up being that, like, it was just a series of moments where, where it, it was just, okay, this, I gotta, I gotta look at this a whole lot deeper, ended up canceling all the pitch calls that we were supposed to be on for the next week. And I was like, there might be something here. And that week when I'm talking to the, to the sellers at the pool and I said, you know, what's the difference between you and the 10 million sellers that won't end up exiting their business for eight figures. And, and there was, there was some answers that would be the answers for any entrepreneur. The application of information, the attention to detail, motivation. There's going to be a point in the story where you could have given up and you don't and you fight through. And there's going to be a point in the story where you have to innovate. So all the normal stuff you'd hear from any entrepreneurial journey. For any business. Right. And then just a lot of software. I use this software for keyword research, this for product research, this for my ads, this for my inventory, this for repricing. Um, and at the time it was like, you know, it was 10 or now it's 15 billion and in, in, in money had been put into the space for for doing the roll-up of the brands. And my simple question was, how many companies are there? You know, there's 114 that are doing this. And and the answer was, you know, one. And uh, decided on that moment that that there would now be more than one. And uh, reached out to Kazi. I had been the lead investor. He's our COO, Kazi Ahmed. He's an incredible guy. He, um, uh, after graduating Harvard Business School, he went and, and built a software business, that he, a software business that he, that he exited. And then his second business, I was uh, the lead investor on the last round. It was a roll-up of uh, mental health clinics in the U.S., actually, um, dealing with psychedelics and uh, with like a data layer on top with remote patient monitoring. Super cool stuff for a different conversation, um, but I think you'd be interested in it. And so he had just exited it. And so I said, Kazi, I think I, think, um, I think I got the next you know, deal. And he assumed I was talking about that something that we could invest in. And I said, no, I think, I think there's a real opportunity um, here. And we, that was, uh, I guess it'll be a year ago, um, April 7th. This will probably have just, it'll just have passed, I assume, when this comes out. Today we're doing this, it's April 4th. And uh, since then we've been going 100 miles per hour. So That's pretty cool to be here today uh, from my side, like a year later after that. Um, you know, you're, the first year is a, is a big one, uh, I think. And uh, yeah. it's pretty cool to be here right there and see what you guys have done already. I wanted to go back to one moment 
because uh, I think it's those moments that kind of stand out to me. And what can you just share, like, in uh, you know, what you're feeling, kind of your confidence levels, maybe the moment itself um, when you said, well, how many companies are doing the roll up thing in the software space? And you heard that there was one. Uh, I can imagine, OK, that there was this like, that's it. Like I couldn't like, sleep like this different level of confidence. I, I haven't like, really slept. Well, I haven't slept well since like in a good way. Um, yeah, that's the good stuff. Yeah. It's the good stuff. I, I uh, yeah, yeah. It, it, it was, it was so clear and so, and so obvious. Um, and then of course, like people it's oh, it's hard. It's not going to work. And how are you going to integrate and how are you going to do this and that? And like some of those problems are, are problems that we're still solving on a day to day basis. They're, they're right now, but, it's like, but you'll, but, but the, the desire and the team will solve the problems. Um, the problems are hurdles, right? Um, so we were excited that there were some hurdles because it made us it made us know that maybe the barrier entry to what we were doing might be a, a, a little bit higher than what the brand aggregators were doing. And I don't know if that's true or not. Maybe that was what we told ourselves to, to, to feel confident about what we were doing, but we thought we had something special. And we saw a bunch of companies, like I said, doing it in, in Shopify, including WeCommerce. Um, and they're, uh, they're publicly traded up there. They, they, um, have been aggregating, um, you know, uh, apps a little different in Shopify straight mm -hmm. from the app store. Uh, but we felt, you know, in the first like month or two, it was, you know, Thrasio, 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 WeCommerce, 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 and here's what we're doing, you know, and the story, it resonated, you know, and we, we were lucky enough that we had, we'd all had a good amount of success, um, in our lives. And so we had a large network of high net worth individuals and family offices and, and 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 funds that were you know investors and we all put in our own cash as well and set the out next problem came but but like to yeah. me like not that i'm dismissing that because but i'm like that happens like across business everywhere yeah. but like in an entrepreneur when you're like to me when it's like i'm looking for a solution or i'm looking like what is this in this thing that i'm supposed to find and then i find it and whether i know everything about it or not i know when i find it like i i guess that's something that um I can just imagine that like once I've got my focus, I'm like, this is the thing that Marknology needs to be focusing on or this is the, the direction the name, we need to go. Way. Thank you. It's a great Thank name. Thank you. Uh, for anyone listening that doesn't know, because my name's Drew, not Mark. And, uh, you know, Marknology just being e-commerce is in the middle of marketing and technology. And, and it's the combination of those two that really, you know, makes a good e-commerce. I think, I think that, you know, one of our, uh, one of our pillars at Carbon6 that we're talking about is, is innovation. And a lot of innovation is seeing around the corner and giving mm. people that which they didn't even know that they needed. We didn't mm -hmm. all know that we needed a phone in our hands. Not everyone know, knew you needed an iPad, but there's a bazillion, there's, 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 there's tremendous amounts of use cases. Um, Speed and innovation are, uh, to me, are like my major weapons. That's what I have. I'm a, I'm a bootstrapper, not tons of capital not yeah. tons of resources, but it's always been speed and innovation. And much like Carbon6 doing it in the software space, for me with Marknology, there was no roadmap. No one knew that they needed to be solving for Amazon or doing SEO or optimizing their images or yeah. anything like that. And it was like, a, you don't know what you don't know. Let me tell you about it. You know, that was eight, nine years ago where it was like, hey, guys, did you know you can optimize, you know, your brand on Amazon? And these are all the things you should be doing that you're not. Oh, and by the way, I need tools to do that. So for me, as like someone providing that service, the tools are just like, oh, my God, I've been waiting for these, by the way. I've been waiting. You know, I've been waiting. Um, I'm not a software developer, so that wasn't a space. I wanted to pursue, but as a person doing the work, like as a, as a team, like Marknology, it was, yeah. we're only as good as our tools. And, and I mean, I've seen, been in the space the last 11 years, I've seen a lot come and go. Um, 
but it becomes very, it's all about the data. We we're talking about the access of information and not just to get the data, but I think, you know, there's a, there's an absolute art and science about interpreting the data, um, you know, and what to do with it. Hundred percent. Um, we're going to talk about some of those features later, but, um, no, just like the, when people say, Hey, well, you know, what do you do? What's your passion? What's your thing? My thing is I'm a problem solver. So I guess like some people get ho- hooked up on like, well, what are all the things that can go wrong after we decide to do carbon six? You're like, no, it's, that doesn't matter. It's, it doesn't matter. It's, the vision is set. We know what we're going to do. I expect the problems. And honestly, like the difficulty to entry, like I'm pumped with the aggregators. I'm pumped with all the influx of, of capital. I'm pumped with Amazon getting harder. I'm pumped with Amazon coming down hard on review manipulation and giveaways and all those kinds of things. Because to me as an entrepreneur and a founder, I say, if it's easy, that's not what I want to be focused on as far as like solving a problem. I want to be focused on the hard stuff. Um, I also think, you know, oftentimes the people that would have won when something is easy are the exact same people that will win now. They just make more money. Um, so, so to wrap, to mm, go back to the, I had to pause there. That's like, that's a big statement. And I think what that's, we say that's, when we were selling coupons for Domino's, I was making $9 a sale. Right. And that was door to door in the, in the winter. That's very different than making a couple hundred bucks a sale, selling internet to someone in, in, inside of a Walmart, almost being seen as part of a Walmart from a nice kiosk. The yeah. same people that do well in that business now are the same people that would have done business, done well in that business before. The same people that have excuses in that business now are the exact same people that would have, have had excuses before. And, and, and they just make more money now. Um, and, and maybe flame out in that in that business flame out takes them longer to flame out in e-commerce maybe they'll flame out a little bit quicker because it's a little more competitive and i think that um you have a space with just a gigantic tam and the sophistication sometimes um can lag in some ways um behind that which you know is is a, is a normal part and i imagine i imagine it must it must be so exciting over the last couple of years since the since the aggregators came just the validation um, the validation and the the clear vision that the seller now has on, I mean, how many different industries can you sell your business and then start another business where it can't compete, obviously, same category, but all the same systems, all the same tools, all your same knowledge base to build, sell, build, sell, build, sell, build, sell, build, sell. Um, not a lot of places let you do that. I've done it 300 plus times. Not exit, not exit, but build, repeat, rinse, you know, um, doing the same processes across Amazon e-commerce for different brands through the years, you know, there's, That's it's a incredible. repeatable process and it's not, it's not rocket science. Everything has its own little set of problems to, you know, solve for and whatever, but what other industry is like that? What other industry, the best man, woman can win? Um, you know, if you're great at what you do and you sell a good product and your product's quality or your methods are, are strong, you can win in this space. You know, I've been beating the giants, uh, like with, you know, a small local businesses cookie shop, Congrats, you know, outranking, outranking like the, the Nabisco's or the ships Ahoy, just meaning that e-commerce is like level meaning it's a, it's an ultimate leveler. And if you have the right information, we were going after keywords and the big brands are too slow to move on Amazon yet. So we're just, you know, you're outranking them. Um, I believe, that's things, co- I believe that's called startup hustle. That's called startup hustle. Yeah. I love that. Um, and, and so, and, and so seeing all that stuff ended up being like the innovation that I didn't know I needed for the next business idea was where I was kind of going with that. Um, okay. I didn't know, I didn't know I was looking for it, but it, it kept smacking me in the face and it's been, it's been the most incredible ride since, you know, from there we started going out and, and, and looking and sourcing businesses and understanding the lay of the land. And 
you know, meeting founders, it, it's amazing. And the vast majority, I'm proud to say, we've completed 12 acquisitions. And out of those 10 and a half, we'll call it, the founders are with us in some capacity. Um, many of them stayed on. In a few cases, they're, they're, they wanted to exit and wipe their hands of e-commerce and go into something else. And they're so excited about what we're doing that they're, that they're stayed on for the journey and now they're part of the, the team. And uh, I love it, that. it's this interesting thing where, and we're building it through acquisition. I could name so many of them. You know, we, we um, probably most of your listeners will be private label um, focused. We, we were um, kind of niche agnostic. We bought some, some, some tools in Merch by Amazon, including Pretty Merch, which is the largest uh, tool in that space. Um, guy Harris in Cyprus, amazing guy, he's a founder. We bought a few um, wholesale tools, uh, large wholesale tools, uh, Scan Unlimited, Supplier Scout. Um, we bought a, a, a book arbitrage tool called Zen Arbitrage, and we're and we're and we're uh, uh, buying a suite of tools in uh, in private label. Uh, private label. Our most recent acquisition was Seller Tools, and you know Brendan, who actually lives in my neighborhood, Brendan Morris. Um, who was one of the first guys to have an eight-figure exit of his brand. I think it was like 2016 or 2017, I want to say. Wow. Wow, um, that's early. Yeah, and Troy Johnston. And so we're building this kind of like Voltron of entrepreneurs and building a community of entrepreneurs to help entrepreneurs. And it's really, it's really like a dynamic, fun, exciting, challenging, you know, ride. I think that's cool for the founders that you guys have like built a team where people are working together I think that's unique and very special. And, um, you know, what I love about the aggregators and the attention to our space is one, in some ways, not f like more people are getting educated and more people are putting efforts into educating about the space that we're in, this industry that we're in. One, I love that. Sharing the message of you can be, you know, you can be an entrepreneur, you can find freedom, but also brands, businesses, manufacturers, you know, everyone putting out more knowledge and information and having funding to do that. And, and software is getting funded. And, yeah. you know, for me as a, as a person that loves this, this space, um, I love that the validation part too, but this founder thing is unique in that, um, they did, they've all done their thing and been successful, right. To, to an exit. Um, but now get to be part of something that hasn't been done before. Uh, and then they're like, yeah, I get to stay in this thing, the space that I love without just redoing exactly what I just did, but to get to be part of something and add to the bigger picture. Um, you know, I think that's something unique you guys are doing. That's, that's really cool. Yeah, it's fun. Yeah, thanks. I, uh, yeah, it's it's a uh, it's it, it's a lot of fun. And, and I think by keeping them in, like you know, just your your introduction to e-commerce is young. You know, in regards to like learning quickly, like you know this um, getting introduction to it. But by keeping the founders there, you now have an uh, an internal community that will be centered and focused and, and experienced right from the get go, which yeah. I think is is very and, like it would be it would be disingenuous to say like that was the vision like in the beginning it was we weren't none of us were engineers we need to make sure we keep on the engineers and we don't have a, a big background in amazon we need to make sure that we keep on some of the founders um but have found it to be in many ways you know the most rewarding part of of the of the whole thing you know we we stayed in, in total stealth uh until until prosper a couple weeks ago and uh, this is actually the first podcast that any of us are going on um, we'll go from being pretty quiet to, to pretty loud, um, yeah, sponsoring let's get everything all over the place and, and releasing tons of content and being able to, because there's so, because there's so many people that were the face of that tool or the face of that community, um, it should give us, you know, this kind of big tent community where we're able to get out a message, um, quickly. Yeah. Quickly. Um, which is super fun. And, and, well, uh, 
Yeah. Speaking of building that team, like, yeah. How are you finding integrating the team into the fold and assembling, you know, essentially a group of entrepreneurs that are all working together? Has there been any difficulty there or so far? Yeah. I mean, there's difficulty every five minutes with that, but, but I, we have an incredible group of people in terms of the infrastructure. Um, yeah. and I think a good combination of, uh, you know, entrepreneurs from inside of Amazon, uh, people like Leo Segovio, um, uh, people like Brendan, who I mentioned, and Albert Farthy, who's uh, 24, has already built two businesses and exited both of them as a CTO. Um, uh, people that were entrepreneurs from outside of Amazon, like Kazi and myself and Nassim, people that did a little bit of both, um, like Clayton, um, our director of affiliates. Um, and because there's a variation, I think, in personality and background, the team is in, I don't know, 15, 16 countries already. Um, there's always someone, and because everyone looks at it like it's their company, one of the things that we did is, you know, nearly everybody who's been with us more than a month or two has some equity in the business. And we think that that's really important is that if we want to recruit entrepreneurs and have them feel like they're not working for us and we're all working together, that you end up with a situation where, where after like all the normal problems of like communication and I use, used to this way of doing Slack and I'm used to this way of money.com and, and all the emotions that kind of go into that and Would messaging. Change. Um, there's just, I, you know, there's just, we, we hope that they all feel a lot of support that if there's something that's confusing that we're doing a good job of communicating and saying, you know, and that starts with like the legal language in the LOI can be confusing yeah. and off-putting. Right. And so yeah. throughout that process, you develop, you develop a, a rapport and an understanding and a communication. And then you have all these different people that are supporting it, some of which all kind of know each other. Um, and, and of course, it's challenging. Um, you know, I think that as a CEO of a business that's doing M&A, you do spend a lot of your time on, um, you know, interpersonal relations if you're doing it, if you're doing it right. And, uh, you know, I also love that. It's one of my, you know, I think it's, I think that um, figuring out how to you are, you are the you are the the ceo of leadership academy it's, that's it's, about building independent leaders and entrepreneurs yeah and throwing um, and, and throwing them all together and finding some harmonious way to work and kind of you know i, I say selling people i think selling people or getting people to understand i think is probably a uh, a more benign way of saying it but um rallied behind a, a vision which is we're going to change the success rate of e-commerce sellers in some way and speed up through innovation and community and education and software, uh, uh, we're gonna add some degree of turbo boost and rocket fuel to those who are already succeeding by finding a way to seamlessly integrate into a community that came long before we did. Um, yeah. Okay. That's what we're doing. What is what is one carbon six software solution that sellers really need? I know exactly what you're going to say because there's some there's something that's fire that I can't wait yeah, to get my hands on myself. Yeah, I mean, everybody myself. needs Pixel Me. Um, you know, especially with the TOS changes, and even before that, people know. You know, you get more raking juice, uh, uh, driving driving um, people from Google and off Amazon, and it can help you maintain, you know, establish and maintain ranking. Break that down just like r real simply. Like, I don't. I'm not sure that all of our listeners would know what Pixel Me is. Okay. Um, you know, so, so. so Pixel Me, I'll, I'll talk about what it started out as. 
the problem that we identified and what it's solving. Okay. So it started out as one of the larger um, uh, URL shorteners and, 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 and uh, p- retargeting pixel softwares used by marketers. Okay. Uh, you know, Procter & Gamble, uh, Tatiana, um, many people. When we went under LOI, we saw on the roadmap that they had Amazon attribution. Uh, on the roadmap, we made a condition of sale. Um, Tom and Stefan, the uh, uh, amazing founders um, of Pixelme, uh, will give you your price, but we want to we want to speed up Amazon attribution because at that time, everyone knew the the world of ranking and the world of rebates was going to experience a cataclysmic shift. That there was a tornado that was brewing off in the distance that was headed for your house, and so um, and they had started. Amazon had started giving you the uh, a bonus back when you drove uh, traffic from off of Amazon uh, onto their um, onto their platform um, that created a sale. A fifteen percent fee now went down to five percent. So we thought, in addition to uh, what this tool Pixelme already does, it can be very helpful for Amazon sellers right off the bat. We then again kept the founders on. Um, they worked with us to build an ad tech tech platform that is the first. Um, and only currently uh, in the world where you can run your Google ads, your Facebook, Instagram, TikTok ads straight from the platform, driving traffic to Amazon with attribution to get the, the referral bonus back with the kicker being what the company was, what the software was in the first place. It was, it was the pixel that will, you know, in the nicest possible way, stalk your customers around the internet and, and 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 follow them. So whereas whereas other you know ad platforms, if you can run Google Ads, you get a sale great. If you don't, you don't. With Pixelme, you install a, a, a Pixel where you can retarget those customers that buy or don't buy. Essentially, building up an address book. You know, we just onboarded a few aggregators. We only released this tool the day before Prosper. And uh, just onboarded a few aggregators, and I think we've been on like 85 demos this week with with different agencies and, and aggregators. Um, for an aggregator that maybe bought three uh, uh, home cookware brands, this allows them to cross sell in a way that they've not been able to do before. Holistic e-commerce, which yeah. is, I mean, my ultimate passion. Like we're Amazon experts. I've been all in on Amazon, but my passion is very much holistic e-commerce and what's a healthy e-commerce ecosystem look like for a business. Um, and that's where you are getting the ultimate data as much as you can. I mean, gold is gold is data in the e-commerce world. And, um, you know, what he's talking about for, for our listeners is, um, you know, it's to me, it's the Canva of like, you know, media buying off Amazon in regards to like Canva brought like, you know, any of us can be creators almost like versus having to be know how to do Adobe, right? So right there from your phone on Canva, if you don't know what it is, you can just like quickly edit photos and it brought it down to the normal person uh, in that regard. You didn't have to be a pro designer to really do stuff. And um, that's what Pixel Me is in the same way in regards to even setting up just Amazon attribution uh, as someone in the beta program, as someone who's been there since the beginning, it's clunky. It's clunky, it's gotten better. 
it's 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 a struggle. It's not it's not easy to do. And so what it's doing is tying in this off Amazon effort that's so important and, and becomes even more important as on Amazon tactics get harder and more difficult and categories get harder to get into for sell for new sellers and things like that. Kind of levels the playing field again. Um, and brings that ad creation or bring it all in together into one spot. It makes it attainable for, you know, the average brand that's trying to learn or let's say an aggregator managing a bunch or any number of solutions. Um, I think it really is that big. I think it's as big as, and I don't know if you know, but Canva is I like, do. uh, yeah, very large, um, a simple idea in my, in my mind, but that by bringing it and making it like, um, reachable for someone that's not a designer to, to do stuff is huge. Yeah. Same thing here. I think it's going to be huge, not just for Amazon, um, but for sellers that are trying to find new opportunities where, you know, CPC costs are rising and all these things that you just hear on the Amazon side, this kind of levels the playing field. I'm, I'm super stoked. I'm on, I'm going to be one of those demo calls uh, because I'm actually, I, I had to wait a little bit to get on. Um, but it's something that we are, my team is excited to just jump into too. Awesome. Um, yeah. It's uh, what we can the, do. the URL is Um Check it out. How long until how long until these are all like, you know, where instead of going to in the individual companies, we're in carbon so, six. Like yeah, simple question, whole, but for anyone listening. I'm gonna I'll give away as, as much as I'm comfortable oh, okay. giving, giving away today. Um within the next few weeks, so perhaps by the time this episode airs, um, you will be able to go to carbon6.io um and access all of the individual tools. From there there'll be single sign-on, from there there'll be a much more intimate uh, marriage uh, taking place over the next, you know, six to twelve months with an integrated data layer, data layer, et cetera, et cetera. Um, et cetera. Uh, as someone who's been in space a long time, what I can say to our listeners is, there's something feels like an extra added value, or there's something special about being engaged with something from the beginning. Um, like you know, whether my last one was the ecom cooperative, I got in there from event number one, and you know, I've just felt like an OG, even though there's like four or five events uh, we're, so we're, far. We're, we're sponsoring uh, an event up there. Uh, uh, I think it's the thirteenth or twelfth. ASGTG or the seller yeah, dinner a, afterwards. Yeah, yeah, the seller dinner after we're sponsoring. So I've been to every dinner. Like that's how you know I'm. Cool. I'm there. Like those, those are my guys. boys. Yeah, those are my I like boys. Them. I like supporting that that community, and that was a community I joined from day one. Um, so you know, to anyone thinking about the software, there's just something about, and it will get better and it will evolve and it will acquire more businesses. And, you know, Carbon6 will, is, is going to continue to grow and change. Um, and with anything new, there's, there's things that happen, right? Like that's, I guess that's just common sense, but I get excited about something from the beginning, getting to know when people are still excited about it, getting that kind of like that first look at stuff. Um, you know, this space is about innovation. So seeing that kind of stuff really come out, I think, um, I'd encourage anyone to get involved as early as possible to learn this stuff as it's really like, you know, it's really new. It's really fresh. That's why everyone is, is, is excited about it. And, and I've heard carbon six. Um, there's a few times I think this year where someone would mention carbon six, I'm in Miami, I'm somewhere. It's, it's, oh, it's secretive, you know, as secretive as that hush hush. Um, I'm like, no, I haven't heard anything. And I wasn't getting a lot um, until prosper, you know, when I, when I kind of got more of the, of the full picture, but, um, you guys have been working on this a long time. What's, what's been the best part so far? Specific to carbon six. Yeah, there's been a lot. Um, probably the moment when you knew you were going to do it. Yeah. The, the, there was a moment at prosper where we had just, we had just received word that we um, 
that we completed our 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 Series A via okay. large, large fundraising round that we'll announce over the next couple of weeks. Um, got the you know the investors involved that we really wanted to. Um, the timing was incredible. We had just wow. sponsored like the pool party the night before, and everyone's going, "Who are these guys? Who are these guys?" And we invested a lot in the stand, the branding, and we're sponsoring a bunch of stuff. Um, and uh, and being able to have a team meeting that day before the first day at Prosper and tell everybody the path that we we're on and thank them for their hard work and feel like we're coming through on where we said we'd be in the way that we said we'd be there was a pretty it was a pretty special pretty special day i love that i uh i had i i won i could tell the energy in your team i didn't know the details but i was at the pool party so it was an awesome party by the way i got a couple picks um and then the booth the booth was amazing um you know and the energy just there i think they're about they're doing some podcasts right when i was kind of coming up they were like grabbing a couple of the speakers and doing some early podcasts and there's just this energy uh as i was getting introduced it's and that's where i was like but that's the entrepreneurial hustle I loved and spirit it. I, and, and i could tell and we're going to do our you know we're going to do our best to maintain that and grow that you know you know forever um, yeah. What What is the culture exactly at Carbon Six? Like you talk about it, this entrepreneurial thing. It's easier said than done to keep that, you know, flowing um, through the team, not just from the founders. Um, look, I think I what's think, the culture you're trying to create there? I mean, we're looking for talent everywhere. We're hiring, so uh, so re reach out, reach out um, to us, reach out to me personally, reach out on the website. Um, look, everyone has a voice. Uh, uh, we are. Uh, engaged in mastermind upon mastermind upon mastermind within within the group trying okay. to make the best the, the best decisions um where everyone uh and i look at it like my job is just to call balls and strikes and officiate um mm -hmm. and to bring in a bunch of experts and facilitate a conversation that allows us to make decisions with the geniuses that we have um and it's fun it's cool you know it's all over we have you know, Philip, who we bought, we, we acquired his company um, several months ago, and now he's a general manager of our wholesale division, and he lives in Kenya, and we'll be on a Zoom call, and there's, you know, giraffes in the background, and, oh my gosh. and there's a bunch of us down here in Puerto Rico, and, you know, most of our operations team is up in, in Toronto, um, Kazi and Nassim, and Nassim is our chief revenue officer, he's been a superstar since he started with us, he was a, went to Harvard Business School with Kazi, and, and they'd known each other for many years, and he's exited a bunch of startups as well. A lot of our operations and marketing is, is, is up there in Toronto and, you know, we're all over. It's international and, and we plan on taking the software internationally. We see huge white space and huge blow, blue ocean everywhere that we look. Um, and just, you know, there's a lot of excitement and, and we're building and growing and building and growing. And we the space is so big that we, we believe that for years and years and years, we should be able to look in front of us and see this much, uh, this much runway. Um, and and just continuing to think bigger and bigger and bigger and bigger and bigger and bigger and bigger. I love that. I love that. No reason to think um, anything else or anything less. And um, I loved also that you pointed out that feeling of being able to you, you vocalize it um, or verbalized it, um, where you said being able to back up kind of the promise that we had told the team and that this is what we we're going to do and how big we we're going to be and where we we're going to go and. Um, you know, have that meeting, that moment where you're just like, Hey guys, I told you, um, you know, just keep believing in the team. Yeah. And, and you did it and you all effing did it. You did it. Yeah. I love that. I had that moment last year 
with the team, me and my sister, who's been, was employee number two. That must be um, awesome. Working yeah, and uh, we made everyone that was a contractor an employee, a full-time employee, yeah. uh, which is just a small goal. Um, but for us, we kind of got the last person, uh, you know, as a FTE and, you know, and we gave a bunch of raises, you know, at the end of the year and kind of just saw where we were. And uh, I had one of our younger guys that started at, uh, he was um, a sales agent at a, a AT&T, I think, doing sales. And I kind of poached him. He just had a hunger and I poached him. And uh, he's been there a couple years now with us. And had just went from being like in that to like literally leading calls with big brands. And like, you know, he's just, he's doing his thing and was able to give him some raises. And, you know, he looked, it was to my sister, not to myself, but I, I think I, he wouldn't care if I shared a story, but he was just like, uh, you know, you guys told us that you guys were going to make this happen. And, you know, you told us if we just stood with you that like, we, you know, um, you know, we'd get paid and uh, I hope there's a lot more of those coming down the road, you know, but he just was like, you guys, you backed up what you said you were going to do. And we were all noticing. And, uh, you know, it was just a special moment um, that I think I can relate to a little bit there where it's just like, man, you set this vision, you believe it, your hardest, you hope they believe it with you, you know, and you're just like so thankful that people are helping you build this thing. And um, I don't think they see it as all of them, but like, there's no way I would have been able to get to the point of raises of if they hadn't helped us build it, you know? And so um, where, it was where, a pretty full circle moment. Where, uh, where do you go from here? I was going to ask you the same question, uh, but you flipped the script. Um, you know, for me, it's just like continuing to uh, like, I'm finally in this point where I feel like I get to serve the team. And, and um, I, I feel like I'm this like, you know, coach trying to get to the championship. Yeah. Uh, that's like really trying to just focus on talent. And, um, you know, I've got this kid that I think is going to move from Wichita, like this kid I met, uh, I say kid, he's, he's 25 and, um, not a kid at all, but you know, just, yeah. he has this I'm passion. Sure I call my friends kid. It's okay. I don't mean any disrespect, yeah, like, but right. I, I just get fired up. Um, and, and I met him, he has this passion to change the, his family legacy and, uh, their cycle. And, um, he's had a very super hard life. He's super kind. And um, to me, that's just something special, especially when their life's extra hard and they just come out gentle as hell. And um, I like I want to show him what his potential is. I see it, you know. And so for me personally, it's like keep building this team and and uh, and building partnerships and just making Marknology one of the best damn agencies in the, in the Amazon space uh, at what we do. And um, as far as a company. Uh, it's just continued to, to bring professionalism to this to the industry. I'll be honest with you. Um, I really love what we do. I have a passion for it. I think what we do is um, the brains in the space are amazing and all those things. But and there should be respect way before having to get to an exit, you know, for a lot of people that do what we do, even all the way down the account managers. And mm -hmm. um, and so for me, in a space that's kind of the Wild West, which has made it, you know, a level playing field, um, as well as be, re be seen as a community that's... Um, bringing professionalism to what we do and leveling up everybody along the way. Um, I think that's, those are some broad goals, but like, I don't really have an end in mind. It's not like get to this revenue number or this employee count or yeah. uh, whatever. It's just continue that's, that's to be probably better. A good indication of you truly loving what you do. Yeah. I love, uh, I love doing that. I love team building. I love leadership. You know, I think that's why we connect in that regard. For sure. Uh, 
you know, it's almost like some people are talented and then some can just like spot or develop talent, you know, almost like a producer. There's the artist and there's a producer and some do both. Right. Yeah. Uh, but for me, I feel like I can see people's talent before they see it. Um, and I get excited about that. Like, it's just almost as, as if I'm, it's even better than if I'm doing it myself, you know, to see them realize that. Awesome. Can I ask you, can I flip the script and ask you the same question, both personally and carbon six? I mean, you guys have so much secrecy around. It seems like everything is what's next and you guys are moving super fast with a series a coming down the road, but let's talk about you personally and then carbon six, uh, you know, the next year roadmap What's what's, what's coming up. So they're, they're very intertwined. The answer is mm -hmm. very intertwined. Of course. Um, and I think we've, we've hit on a lot of the, I guess the principles or the tenets or the core values of carbon sex um, and what we're going to do. And in some ways, the answer is just run the playbook, mm -hmm. right? Run the playbook, call audibles when you need to make audibles. Um, keep going faster, go faster by having a bigger critical mass in terms of the team. You know, we've gone from, you know, me and Kazi, and I think like uh, Jill was employee number three um, to a team of 95 or so today. And, and we'll be at 250 in three months and probably it's a thousand incredible. this time next year. And that'll allow us to move faster, both in one direction, as well as, you know, in several directions um, at once. And I think that it's as we go from a small company to a small medium, to a medium, to later to a large company, um, you know, I spent a lot of time talking to some of the guys at Thrasio over the last few months, just in anticipation of like what changes, how, do you, how you keep the culture as you grow to that, to that scale and that you know, kind of explosive timeline because that's the path that we, that's the path that we're on. Um, I think it's maintaining that entrepreneurial spirit. One thing we're going to be releasing for all of our employees and contractors uh, very soon um, is a, is a program where they can all start their own e-commerce business. And, you know, we'll be doing like probably 0% loans for that. Oh, that's and, awesome. And gifting it. And the idea is that, is that we're all serving the entrepreneur because that's what we're here to do and make their boats go faster. Um, and we're also here to help you, you know, become an entrepreneur. And hopefully one day you leave because you're making so much money for yourself that that's what makes sense. Or maybe, or maybe you're having you so don't. much fun, you don't, and maybe that's even better, or maybe it's not. But, but, uh, you know, I think staying, uh, uh, staying, you know, feet on the ground down to earth and just, and continuing to innovate and provide better, better and better solutions, you're going to see some really incredible things in terms of, some of the acquisitions we'll be announcing over the next few months, some of the creative ways that we're going to integrate those, some of the different kind of bundles and, and add-on pricing and things that we're able to do, you know, en route to our goal of becoming, you know, this one day where, and we're, we're a ways away, but you just need one login. You need one login and it does a lot for you. Um, additionally, we're, we're putting together a full training academy. I know you and I spoke about it. Um, mm -hmm. You know, so many people we hear talk about, um, uh, some of the early training programs with ASM one and two and four. And, you know, by virtue of the fact that we're building this huge big tent and we're partnering with so many different people all over the space, um, we're going to, you know, in our attempt to become a value add in the space, create a, create a, a really robust 
uh, training academy that, that Leo and his team and, and several, uh, um, uh, you know, advisors uh, are helping us create. And we're going to be, you know, continuing this big tent approach, um, expanding into a bunch of different markets internationally um, and continuing to execute on the game plan that, that, that is evolving, but we feel really confident is going to be a, a huge value add for everybody, um, no matter what type of seller you are, no matter where in the, in the journey you are from trying to source your first product to trying to figure out how to do your taxes to, to getting your business ready um, uh, to exit. We want to be part of the sophistication through innovation and community um, that the space is, it's going to happen with or without us. And, you know, our job is to be as helpful a part of that as humanly possible. I love that. And I couldn't say, honestly, Marknology is uh, extremely aligned with that same mission. Um, the I've first time we integrated... talked, I, mean, I think we were supposed to talk for 15 minutes. We talked for a couple hours. Yeah, exactly. Um, I've, just been, I've been looking to sell, help sellers and brands and solve for that. And that that's built Marknology because I was just looking like, oh, you need help with international expansion. Oh, you need help with tracking organic keywords. Or that's why you find the software partners or the SaaS, the SaaS partners or um, who's, who's great with social or how do we get this? How do we get that? Um, you know, constantly looking to serve, uh, you know, we're, we're talking about Amazon and Amazon's a platform that's built for the customer. So to me, it just made a lot of sense yeah. to build a company that looks to serve, um, as well in aligning instead of, um, looking for easy or, or things like that. So absolutely. I couldn't put in better words myself, um, about just looking to continue to innovate. And this is the thing, like, you can't really have that strong of a plan. Don't obsess about your plan. You have a plan, you have a playbook, but yeah. this is e-commerce. It changes daily. Totally. Uh, so even, you know, having too strong of a playbook or too strong of a play without being able to pivot or, or move or change what that looks like is, is, um, is a bad move. You know, you need to be able to stay flexible and quick and fast and you know, the playbook will yeah, change. And sometimes you got to change, you got to call an audible and sometimes you got to completely change your offense. I, I definitely have to link up with you about, um, you know, that program that you're going to have there. And I think that could be a great way, a great offer to get people working at carbon six, you know, help them create that business or whatever that looks like. Um, I've been trying to be super creative within Marknology, um, where the, the brands we're building, uh, and getting equity in our employees now get equity in those businesses that we're building. Ooh, that's um, so a cool kind of spin on a 401k kind of thing. Um, so instead of exiting them like an aggregator, uh, you know, the, the employees, as they stay with us, build up equity in the, in the and, business. And that's, and, and that's, and that's really the essence of the point of be of working for yourself, which is depending on something that you have some degree of control, control over, over. Of, where you don't have, you're not going to control what happens in a boardroom at some of the companies in your 401k, you should, in, you know, being in the stock market, it's a good idea. It's not a bad idea. Um, but the motivation that your people have knowing that they're going to have a direct impact on their on their situation is incredible good for you imagine having a young 22 year old designer you know at marknology that's done a rebrand for an amazon business that was kind of lacking on the branding side and doing very well and he creates the a plus pages and the brand guide and the photography and that business has an exit and he's 22 years old no he didn't do everything himself but he's oh. able to point to that and say i had this amount of shares or equity or you know and, and i did that and uh I That's mean, for, for, for your, for your clients, same. like for your clients, just on the concept of no one's ever going to work harder for your business than you are, um, having that be so many different people's business means you have a lot of people with that, with that juice and that excitement and that, and that gas in the tank all going in the same direction.
Kudos to yeah, you. it's uh, I, I love what you just said about helping them build an e-com business. And it's like got my head spinning because for me, it's just been how do I create this entrepreneurial culture where I'm not creating all these entrepreneurs within Marknology because we have a lot of specialists that, that aren't entrepreneurs. They're designers and they're advertisers. And um, but I want them to have that same spirit and that happiness and that to me, fulfillment that comes with we're, we're humans and we're made to create. I believe that all of us in some at some degree, whether it's food or art or families or whatever we are, humans create and um, giving them the ability to do that and create a different lifestyle for themselves. That, that kind of thing that entrepreneur brings that freedom, whether it's like with our schedules or um, Internet, you know, international exposure, being able to travel. Uh, how do you do that within an agency? It's not like the same as within sellers. Sure, you're helping sellers do that. How do I do that within an agency where my team um doesn't leave me to go to a company in New York with a series a that can offer them 30 K more, you know, it's becoming culture, um, and, and investing in them, whether it's a course, whether it's, um, you know, a training course, which I'm stoked about because, um, I think what we do can be trained that, that Academy, I think done right. Um, you can have a tool. It's like, you know, you can, have a tool if you don't know how to use it, it's useless. Right. So understanding how these things work, um, will be super cool. And it's super cool. You guys are launching that along with, um, you know, the software and all the tools. Yeah, I personally like, yeah, it takes a lot of time to learn all these things. Like uh, as someone that's learned so many softwares and it's like, um, you know, having someone, a lot of the software companies aren't built like that. It's two or three guys in a, in a shop, you know, that have built something pretty cool and it's made to go automation and you have to learn how to use it or it doesn't work. You know, I've just signed up for tons of stuff that I never figured it out. So you guys putting in that time, that's investment into, you know, the customers. Um, I'm super excited to see where you guys go. I'm going to be at a ton of events this year. I've, I'm already, I'm already tired. I think it's April. Um, well, so I know you guys are going to do amazing things. Other. And I want to go back just a step and, and say, yeah. for anyone who is interested, um, it's careers at carbon6.io. Um, for anybody who's interested and thinks you have something to add to the team, you know, always looking for great people. Yeah, I'll, I'll do something special and I'll, I'll throw it in the show notes of this episode. Appreciate it. Um, yeah, we'll add that to, we're going to have all of Justin's and Carbon6's contact information in regards to like getting a hold of them. Where can you follow the brand? Where can you get engaged? Where can you sign up? Uh, we'll have all of that in the show notes for anyone that's in their car listening or is not near a computer right now. Um, also throw in that careers link for anyone that's interested in, in seeing and, what it's and, like. And I was real, you know, I didn't want to get on here and pitch our 12 tools. Um, you know, there'll be some details I'm sure we can put in there. Um, I, you know, I, I wanted to keep it as, as, as little uh, sales purpose driven as possible. But just, you know, thank you for having me on. This is the first podcast that I've gone on since we came out of Stealth and, and the ability to tell the Carbon 6 story. And for everyone who's listening, we, we care and, and we want to connect and we can't wait to go down the road with you together. Yeah. Uh, to our, to our listeners, um, you know, Justin, just very successful before even coming to carbon six. Um, I know whatever him and his team touch, I think all half the names he mentioned, as far as the co-founders of some of the, uh, the softwares that have come on board, I have yet to meet, um, but know their softwares, you know, by name and, 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 um, it's just really powerful and awesome thing that's happening there for the price point. Uh, I heard the price point. And I, I was, I was just blown away at how affordable, uh, you know, it's coming to market. So I think, um, you know, 
the the money you can make with like one of those 12 uh you know your money back for whatever you're paying is is nothing so um we didn't even talk about the alerts and all the other things like some of the that some of your software can do as far as uh value to the sellers and and what's there so this is just really an intro to our listeners we want to talk about um you know the why the why carbon six is here and what it can do will continue to release. I know um, maybe I'll even get you back on the podcast and we can do a second episode a, a year from now on what's changed in the last year and where we are. So um, thanks again to our listeners. Thanks again to our sponsor, Fullscale.io, helping you build software teams quickly and affordably. And thanks again, Justin. Um, excited to see what you're bringing to space. Thanks, man. I appreciate it. I had a lot of fun. Yeah, we'll see you next time, Hustlers. Startup Hustles brought to you by Fullscale.io, helping you build a software team quickly and affordably. Make sure you reach down and hit that subscribe button, then come find us on Instagram. See you next time.